And we're going to continue the series about planted. How many got some last week? We talked about planted or potted. Planted or potted. Uh, so we're going to continue the series. And uh, my good friend's going to be back with us today, right here. I swore there'd never be another fake planet church on the rock, but there's two left. And we're going to destroy this one before the series is over, in Jesus' name. <laughs> okay, so uh, Psalm 92, and we're going to turn there, and this will be our theme verse. Psalm 92, verse 12, it says, The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon, and those who are planted. Everybody say planted. One more time, planted. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. To declare that the Lord is upright, he is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. So we're going to talk today about part two of Planted in this series. And I want to talk to you today about four things you experience when you're planted in the house of the Lord. So we're going to talk about four things you experience when you're planted in the house of the Lord. We realize from last week that it's important that our lives are planted. And not just planted anywhere, but planted in the right place. More specifically, the scripture says, planted in the house of the Lord. We talked about in the Old Testament, there's all different types of houses that God had in the Old Testament. But in the New Testament, for us, in the day and age we live in, the house of the Lord is the church. Now let's turn over to another verse just to uh, give you a scripture that says this, 1 Timothy 3 and verse 15. This is Paul speaking to Timothy and he says, But if I'm delayed, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God. Notice the next line, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of truth. Notice the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of truth. So the church in the New Testament where we live today is the house of God. And in Psalm 92, it says those who are planted in the house of the Lord. Now, what's the house of the Lord? Man, two weeks in a row. You're the first, two weeks in a row. More praise bucks. I gave him praise bucks last week for this. He gets more praise bucks. Now, what's the, what's the house of the Lord? So it says, those who are planted, not potted, those who are planted in the house of the Lord are the ones that are going to flourish, are the ones that are going to bear fruit, are the ones that says are going to bear fruit in old age. And they'll still be fresh and flourishing. Why? Because they are planted in the house of the Lord and their roots have gone down deep. So they get the nourishment from the soil of being planted in the right place. So when they get older, they don't grow older and get weak and tired and weary. They get better. They bear more fruit because they're planted in the house of the Lord. And their lives are stable, not like the lives of those who are not planted. Because they have roots in the house of the Lord. And their life is stable and their family is stable and their kids are stable because they're planted in the house of the Lord. And when you're planted in the house of the Lord, which is the church, you will flourish. Another thing we said about being planted is, it's interesting, those trees, it talked about the, the strength of the sequoia and the redwood. is not just because of how tall they are or how long they live. Their strength is because their roots are intertwined together. They're all connected in the house of the Lord. They have a root system. So when one gets weak, the other's strong, and it keeps them up. It keeps them standing. It keeps them alive because they have a community around them, which a lot of people don't. That's why they fall at everything that tries to blow them down. But people that are planted have root systems. So when they get weak, they're okay because they got the rest of the people keeping them strong, keeping them full of life, keeping them because they live in community and their roots are intertwined together. Let me ask you today, do you have roots? Do you have roots? 
Not just that you're planted, but do you have real roots in the house of the Lord? Roots would mean you come to church on a regular basis. Roots would be you give. Roots would be you're in ministry of help. Roots would mean you're in a life group. Doing life with people, not just coming on Sunday morning and living a separated life from the rest of the church the rest of the week. That's not roots. Now don't shout me down just because it's Mother's Day. That's what a root system has, is someone who's involved. You have to be in close proximity to grow together. Isn't that true? Do you have roots? Because those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish. Now, I'm not just saying this because I'm a pastor. I'm saying this because that's what your Bible says. This is not a self-serving message. Because we all need roots, including the pastor. That's the way God set it up. Planted in the house of the Lord, we flourish. That's where we flourish, in the house of the Lord. Are you planted or are you potted? That's what we said last week. Another thing we mentioned uh, is this, talking about planted or potted. It's important that you're planted, but not just planted, planted in the right soil. You can't just go to church anywhere. Awful quiet in this Methodist church. You can't. You can, but you can't. And we gave this example last week, which makes perfect sense if you just think about it. There's different environments around this, just this country where certain things only grow there. If you're an orange tree... Don't go to the Midwest. You'll die. You got to go to where the oranges are in Florida. If you're corn, don't go to Florida. Go to the Midwest. That's where the corn is. If you're a grape or an almond, you need to go to Northern California. Don't go to the Midwest. You can't grow there. And I gave this example, and some of you need to hear it because you weren't here last week, so I'm going to say it to you this week. All of us in here are like seeds, and God knows what kind of seed we are and where we need to get planted. He knows the right soil to plant you in where you're really going to grow and really going to thrive. Because if you're an orange tree, guess what? You need to be in an orange church. And if you're a grapefruit, you need to be where the grapefruit are. If you're an almond, you need to be where the almonds are. And the only one who knows that is God. So your life is like a seed, and you go where God tells you to go. Are you hearing me today? I'm getting fired up before I'm getting fired up. Are you receiving this today? You need to go where God tells you to go, because that's the soil that will produce fruit in your life. You don't come to this church because you like the praise and worship. You don't come to this church because we got nice landscaping. You don't even come to church because we got a good kids ministry. You don't come to this church because you like me. You come to this church because God told you to come to this church. Because he knows better than you know. And let me add the second part to it. And if he didn't tell you to come to this church, go to the church he told you to be planted in. Because that's where you're going to grow, and that's where you're going to bear fruit. So if it's somewhere else other than here, go there. No hard feelings. But you need to hear from God and get planted. Because most people don't live that way. They live like a tree that's always being uprooted. Don't we? Well, Dr. Jacobs offended me. Let me go to Northside this week. Hey, look, this is, this is from the life group, middle school boys. <laughs> this is a good life group leaders right here. Well, I didn't care for Northside. Let me go to Southeast for a little bit. Uh, let me go a little bit more Pentecostal. Let me go to Christ Gospel this week. I'm kind of in the Baptist mood. Let me go to Graceland. You know what a tree that always uproots itself does? Dies. It dies. Because it has no way to get nourishment. It has no way to get fed. It has no way to survive because there's no roots. 
all those churches I just named are fine churches, good churches. But you need to go where God tells you to go. Because that's where you'll bear fruit. And that's where you'll grow. Because he knows what kind of seeds you are. And he knows where you need to be planted if you want to bear fruit. So go where God tells you to go because there's a place for everyone. Are you listening to me today? There is no Christian ever that God said, you don't belong in a church. You can do it on your own. No Christian. Let me repeat that one more time. There is no Christian ever that has ever walked the planet that God said, no, you're too, you're too big for church. You can pastor yourself. You're good. Never. Ever. There is no believer that God ever said, you don't need community. Never. There is no person that can live this Christian life and make it alone. Ever. Do I sound strong? Yes, because it's the truth. And I want you to live long and finish strong and do what God has called you to do. And you will not make it to the end without community. You will not make it to the end without the church. You will not make it to the end without the house of God about being planted in God's house. Come on, can I get amen in the house of God? That's the truth. Trying to stir you up this morning because it's the truth. Paul said to the Roman church, I desire to impart to you that you may be established to the end. To finish. To do what you're called to do. That means you need to be involved in what God is doing, which is his church. The most important thing we can do with our lives is be a part of the house of God. The greatest honor is being a part of the house of God. The greatest privilege is being in the house of God. The greatest calling we have is to plan our lives in the house of God. That's it. And everything in our life grows out of that. But if that's not right, the whole thing's messed up. Your marriage comes out of this. Your children come out of this. Your job comes out of this. Your hobbies come out of this. Your family comes out of this. Your calling comes out of this. Your money comes out of this. Your health comes out of this. It's all connected to the house of the Lord. Come on, are you here today? Don't mess with me on Mother's Day. I'm joking. I told you, I just get excited about it. I've been a church kid for a long time, my whole life, and I've seen people who've done it wrong, and I've seen people that have done it right, and you see the fruit and the lack thereof. You see their lives, and you see their lives. And even though the Bible says it, I've seen it. So that's why I'm talking this way on a Sunday morning so strong. Like, ah, just take me to Mother's Day and give me some fried chicken. I don't want to hear this. You need to hear this. Planted in the house of the Lord, we will flourish. Let's read it again. Psalm 92. Woo! The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted, planted, not that you come to church, that you're planted. Not that you give every once in a while a little tip to God. That's not planted. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. Get planted. If it's not here, get planted somewhere. But let me ask you, talk to God before you do that. Talk to God before you do that. Because he knows better than you know where you belong. He knows what church you need. He knows what pastor you need. He knows what place you belong. He knows what place you fit. He knows that. You don't. So humble yourself enough to talk to God about it first. So I'm going to talk to you about four things that you experience when you're planted in the house of God. Let's look at Acts 2 and verse 42. Acts 2 and verse 42. Come on, I'm excited today. 
Acts 2 and verse 42. Everybody's like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, you are. Very excited. <laughs> Acts 2 and verse 42. This is the account of the early church. The early church, there was 3,000 believers that got saved on the first day of the church. And Acts 2.42 is the account of what happened after they got saved. So there's 3,120 believers. All of the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. So what's that? They came to church and they listened to a minister minister the word. And to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper. And to prayer. And verse 43, a deep sense of awe came over all of them. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. Notice this, they worshiped together at the temple each day met in homes for the Lord's Supper, shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all people. And each day, notice this, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. So this is the account of the early church. The first 3,120 believers. And this is what we should pattern our church after. The early church. And it says in the early church, these are some of the things that happened. They would come together. They would listen to a minister preach. They would pray together. It said they met from home to home, life groups. They did life together. It said they shared in fellowship. They broke bread together. Can I get amen for Puerto Vallarta? And they took the Lord's Supper together. They encouraged each other. Notice it says they were such a tight-knit group that when there was people that needed help in their church, they would gather together and they would sell stuff if they needed to to make up the money necessary to meet that need. That's what the early church was doing. They fellowshiped together, they ate together, they prayed together, they encouraged each other, they prayed for one another, they met each other's financial needs, they lived in community together. There is no such thing as in the early church, a believer who just came to church on Sunday and they didn't see you till next Sunday. couple grunts and a couple amens. There is no such thing as a believer who just came to church on Sunday and no one saw you till next Sunday. That's not doing life together. They ate together. They fellowshiped together. They did life together. They prayed together. They lived real, genuine community together. And that's what made them so strong. Because there's strength in numbers. Are you hearing me? There's strength in numbers. And we're stronger together than we are apart. That's why we need each other. We need community. So the number one thing I want to talk about is what you experience when you're planted in the house of the Lord is community. You need community. You need people to do life with. And let's be real honest here. If you're not doing it at church, you're still doing it. You're not just sitting at home twiddling your thumbs. And so many of us go to false communities. Wannabe communities. To think that will fulfill the need that we have. And it won't. So I just need my job friends. (laughs) 
want to be community. You can have friends there. You can do life with them. But the place that you need to have the closest people to your life is the house of God. Planted in the house of the Lord. I like my friends. It's wannabe community. Sometimes our kids' sports teams are our new family and community. That's where we get our fellowship from. Wannabe community. Sometimes our kids' school. Sometimes our hobbies are our communities. There's nothing wrong with doing those things. Hear me. I'm not legalistic. There's nothing wrong with having friends outside of church. You need some. But the place that you're most planted and the people that you do life together should be in the house of God. If you want to be strong because there's strength in numbers. And if you want your root system to grow down deep and be a part of what's going on, you have to be close. Now, what did the early church do again? What did I say? They fellowshiped. They ate together. They prayed for each other. They encouraged each other. They met each other's financial needs. They did life together. Are you doing that? Because if you're not doing that, you're missing out on community. You're missing out on God's plan, and the only person that hurts is you. Because community is something that God had in mind way before you got here. He said it's not good that man is alone. He said in Proverbs, a man or woman who isolates himself is not wise, and there's plenty of unwise people in this church today. Because we all need community. We can't do it alone. We can't make it alone. We can't do this thing without each other. Come on, are you hearing what I'm saying today? There's some urgency because I've seen so many people not make it. That's why I'm talking like this. Community. That's what God has called us to have. And that is one of the things we experience when we're planted real community. People will hurt you at church because they're people, they're not God. Just like people hurt you at work, but you still go to work. People hurt you at school, but you're still there the next day. People offend you at your gym, but you're there next week. But in church, it's a different set of rules for you. I'm about to throw a dart at all of you right now. (laughs) Am I just being a little too honest on a Sunday morning? Why does it only apply to church? When that's the most important thing, I wonder why. Because the enemy's focus, he doesn't care about your job. He doesn't care about your outside activities. But he wants to keep you away from where you will get help. So of course you're going to get offended by somebody at church. Of course you're not going to want to come back. Because that's the place you need the most. And that's the place where God has to help you. So he'll do everything he can. He'll send multiple people on your path to offend you. But why does it only apply to church? Ask yourself that. I don't know. Why does it only apply to church? It doesn't apply to anything else in your life. Just church. I'm wild today. I know. And I don't take any of it back. We said this last week, let me say it again. You don't come to church for people anyways. Everyone in here will offend you because they're not perfect. Everyone in here will disappoint you, including myself, because I'm not perfect. We don't come to church for that. We come to church because we need help. We come to church because we need Jesus. We come to church because we're better together than we are apart. And we can't heal 
apart from each other and we can't grow apart from each other and we can't change apart from each other. So we're all in this together saying, I need help and you need help. That's why we're here. Community, that's what you need. Man, I feel like Bishop Jakes today. Good Lord, good God. Thank you. (laughs) I told you I'm fired up. Why? Because I've seen so many people get taken out. And I'm only 30 years old, so I know some of you that are older than me have seen a lot more people than I have been taken out. By just such a simple thing. It's not hard. I don't know about you. I love being at church. I don't know what the problem is. Like, I love hanging out with people at church, and no one ever had to tell me to do that. Why do we act like this is a big deal? Why don't you all think like I think? My life has been church. My friends in this church have been my life. And I wouldn't have it any other way, and I don't feel like I'm missing out. That's the way we should feel about the house of God. What's better? Like Peter said, to whom shall I go? We don't think too far when we make those decisions. I'm leaving church. Where are you going? Oh, yeah, I don't know. Who's going to be your friend? Oh, I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know. To whom shall you go? You need community. You need to do life together with people. Some of you have heard this quote, but let me say it to you. They say, said, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. If you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, if you want to make it, you got to go together. I was thinking about this the other day. Do you know what's encouraging about life? Life has a lot of things that get thrown your way. Can we all agree? It's not what you're told it was going to be when you're a kid. It's not. When you hit adulthood, you're like, "Woo, okay, first world problems. This is serious. Bills, health issues, children, Life, all those things hit you in the face. But the good news is we will all make it to the end if we do it together. I don't know about you, that gives me some relief. I'm going to make it. I won't make it by myself, promise. I will not make it by myself, and you won't either. But if we go together, we'll go far, and we'll make it to the end. That's true. And God said we need it. How many know if God said we need it, he kind of knows everything. You kind of (laughs) don't. So, you need it. And the people that say they don't need it, need it the most. Can you quote me on Facebook saying that, all of you in here? Especially those who don't agree with what I'm saying, but it's true. We need community. So, one of the things you experience when you're in community is, or one of the things you experience when you're planted is community. This life together. The church is a family. Notice it says the house of God. Not the business of God. Not the organization of God. The house of God. The church should be a family. It's a supernatural family. That we're a part of. That's why it says in the New Testament, treat the older men like fathers. Treat the older, men, uh, the older women like mothers. Treat the younger women like sisters. And treat the younger men like brothers. Why? Because it's a family. The church is a family. And it's a spiritual connection. Not just a natural connection. And in my opinion, a supernatural connection is stronger than a natural connection. There is people in this room that I consider more my family than my own aunts and uncles and grandma. Fight me. 
It's true. Because a supernatural connection is stronger than even a natural connection. Not that you forget your natural family. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying there is a supernatural bond that happens in the house of God. And it's family. It's brothers and sisters. It's moms and dads. It's aunts and uncles. That's the supernatural connection we have in the house of God. And to be honest, sometimes people in your family don't want to go the same direction you're going. So you got to love them, but love them from a distance. And live in community with each other. The second thing you get is accountability. The only people who don't want accountability are people that are doing something wrong. (laughs) People that are right don't care. Too close to home. That's what you get when you're planted in the house of the Lord. You experience accountability. Because there's things in all of our lives that we can't see. Some would call them blind spots. You don't see that about yourself. You don't see that about your family. You don't see that about your life and where you're going and your calling. So somebody else has to come alongside you in your blind spot and say, not in a mean way, not in a judgmental way, but in a loving way, hey, have you ever thought about that? Hey, could I talk to you about that? Or maybe a friend that talks real talk with you and speaks some things into your life. You need accountability in your life. We all do. We need people speaking into our lives. The most dangerous people are people that don't have accountability. And that's what you experience when you're planted. We could say accountability is like this. It's like guardrails. So, it's not some idea of every time I'm with church people, everyone's correcting each other. That's not what I'm saying. But you have people in your life, life group leaders, other people you're doing life with, that can talk real talk to you. Not just a pastor, but other people in this place. And you know they're going to give you good advice, not because they're out to get you, because they love you. And so accountability is guardrail. So when I start drifting off into a dangerous area, I hit that guardrail. What's that? Roots. It's roots. You hit the guardrail and you get back on track. That's accountability. You start going this way a little too much. What happens? You hit a guardrail. Accountability. Because you got roots. But most people don't have that. That's why when they start veering off, they destroy their life. They make wrong choices. Why? Because there's no guardrails in their life. There's no accountability in their life. Because they're not planted. So we experience community, but we also experience accountability when we're in the house of God, when we're planted. And we all need that. Well, once again, not in a weird way that someone's already always telling you what to do but in a real way that you have people that can talk real talk with, that you could tell somebody what you're dealing with and they're not going to judge you and kick you out of the car. They're going to say, I love you, but you're not thinking right. We all need people like that in our lives. Can I get amen? We need accountability. Number three, we experience maturity. We experience maturity. Ephesians 4, we're going to start there. This is some verses about the church and why God put these gifts in the church. All right, so Ephesians 4 and verse 11, let's read it. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, dad's a prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and teachers. Notice what it says. Why did God give you these gifts? Why did God give you these gifts? There's a reason. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and build up the church, the body of Christ. 
Now we're still going. Now this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature. Everybody say mature. In the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Now listen again. Then we will no longer be immature like children. And we won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. And we will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing. Why? Because you're planted in the right place. You got roots. You're growing in every way, more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. And it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So the third thing we experience when we're a part of God's house and planted is maturity. God said he gave you gifts to mature you, to grow you up. And those gifts are only found in the church. So logically thinking, you can't mature without the church. You can't grow up without the church because you need these gifts that God has given you and I. What did he say they were? Apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists. He gave you those gifts to grow you up, to make you mature so that you grow into everything God has for you. Are you following me so far? And we can't get that outside the church. So when you are planted in the house of the Lord, what happens? Your roots grow down deep and you can mature. You can grow up. But you can't do it by yourself. You can't do it by yourself. Now that's what the pride in all of us wants to say that we can do it by ourselves. We can't. I can't. You can't. We all can't. We need people speaking to us, ministry gifts, speaking into our life, preaching to us, praying for us, helping us, showing us things that we don't know just on our own. And we can never mature and grow into the person we're called to be apart from these gifts. So when we're planted, we get maturity in our lives. We start maturing. We're no longer children. We are mature in God. More specifically, the ministry gift that's called to you is the pastor. The pastor is called to minister to you. And the pastor is called to be in a place of spiritual authority in your life to help you. But you would say you're 30 years old. Yes. But I'm 65 spiritually. That's an inside joke. I said that last week. I'm an old church soul. But you're receiving not just from 30-year-old Jordan Jacobs. You're receiving from a gift of a pastor. That I had before I was even in my mother's womb. A gift of a pastor. Now there's prophets and you experience one, Dr. Jacobs. And there's pastors, me. Not today, but most of the time. That's me. I don't have to try to be. That's me. And so you're not receiving from a man. You're receiving from God the gift that he's given me. Now, listen to me. I'm not saying I'm God. But God is using me to help you. And every time I get up here and preach, it's not me. It's God speaking through me to help you. That's what he's called me to do. And trust me, if you see my notes sometimes, you would say, 
How in the world did that message turn out like that? It's not me. It's God speaking through me to help you. There's many a times I haven't felt good, and I got up and preached, and the anointing came on me. That's God speaking through me to help you. Because he didn't even care necessarily about how I feel. He's just using me to help you. And so the gifts that God has given us, all five of those, come to help us mature. And you cannot mature without these gifts in your life. You cannot mature and grow up without a pastor. So who's your pastor? You at Starbucks? You reading your Bible app devotional? That's, that's not what he was talking about here. You just listening to a podcast? That's not even true. It's good to listen to podcasts, but you need to be in the house. Planted. Is anyone getting anything out of this today? I can't tell if you like me or hate me today, but I'm just telling you the truth. I love you. That's why I'm telling you this today. Community, accountability, maturity, and we can't grow without these gifts. That's what it says. That's what the Bible just said. There's two main things that I would say happen when you have spiritual leaders in your life. Because you're saying, well, pastor, you have issues. Yes, I do. Just like all of you do. Because I'm not Jesus. But I am anointed to be your pastor. And there's things that I've said before that are way beyond my years. That's not me. That's God speaking through me to help you. And to be a pastor to you. There's two main things I see that spiritual leaders do or a pastor the Old Testament calls it a shepherd. What do shepherds do? The two main things is they take the sheep to where they need to eat food. Or we could say spiritual nourishment. So the shepherd or the pastor takes you where you need to eat. So you know the food's safe. The food's clean. The food's organic. Non-GMO. Grass-fed, organic, unfiltered, natural. They don't have chemicals in it. And unless you have somebody like that in your life, you're just eating whatever you find. Like sheep do. So listen. The pastor or the shepherd, what does he do? He takes the sheep where they need to eat. So what do you need to eat right now? Being planted. But I want to hear about prosperity again. What do you need to hear about being planted? Maybe that's the answer to your prosperity question. And you have to believe that the leader hears from God and knows where you need to eat. Now listen, this is not the only thing you need to eat. You can eat on your own. But the spiritual leader does give direction on this is where we need to eat right now because it's going to help you. He takes you by the streams where the water's clean so you can have something good to drink. But sheep don't know that all the time. So the spiritual leader or the shepherd has to take them there. Another thing that happens is a shepherd protects. He watches over the sheep. Because he has to give an account to God on what he does. And the shepherd is called to watch over your life. Once again, not in a controlling way, but in a protective way. The same way you look over your kids. The shepherd is called to look out for you. And let me say this. All the life group leaders I put in this church are a part of that. They're a part of me. And they're helping look over your life like the way I am. And they're anointed because I put them in that spot to help watch over and protect your life because I can't see everybody. And I can't take care of everybody all the time. 
So they're anointed just like I am. So I would, hopefully you guys respect them enough to listen to them when they speak up to you. Because they are part of shepherding your life. They're looking out for you to protect you, to watch over you, to help you. And we do that because we have to give an account to God on what we do. I've had many conversations with people and say, said, I wouldn't hang out with those people. I wouldn't do that. You're kind of acting strange. <laughs> Not coming to church. What's up with this? I love you. I wouldn't date her. What's that? Is that me being mean? Is that me being a controlling person? What am I trying to do? Be protector? Watch out? Same thing dad did for 30 plus years at this church. And people said, well, Pastor Jacobs, he's just too tough. He's just too mean. Maybe he's protecting you from something. Ever thought of that? The devil's mean. Maybe someone's just trying to protect you and you don't want to receive it. Maybe some tr somebody's just trying to watch over you, but you want to be independent. Happy Mother's Day, everyone. <laughs> I know you're getting help if you're listening today. I just got to be real this Sunday morning. So we get community, we get accountability, we get maturity. And lastly, when we are in the house of God, we experience stability. Let's get that Ephesians 4 scriptures up here. Let me uh, see what I want here. Ephesians 4, let's look over there. Next slide. Next slide. This is what we wanted. Listen to what it says. Stability. Then we will no longer be immature like children, and we won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. And we will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like truth. Stability. You get stability when you're planted. Isn't that true? You're only stable if you're planted, if you have roots. And it says, when you receive from the gifts in your life, when you're planted in the house of God, you won't be tossed around to and fro by every new teaching. You won't listen to what everyone says and just take it as truth. You'll know what the Word says so you can decide, no, that's not right. You can listen to the news and say, that's not right. You can go to college and not lose your faith because you're stable. And you know, that's not right. That doesn't line up with the word of God. You can be in a secular environment outside a church and not go their direction. They go yours because you're stable. You can witness to people and be out in the world because you're stable. There's some people I would say, don't go out in the world because you're not stable enough. As soon as, as soon as somebody blows on you and a wind comes your way, you're going to be like this. Because you're not stable. You're not planted, no roots. But there's other people in here, I would send you anywhere and I wouldn't be afraid that they would convert you. They would change you. You would come back a different person. Why? Because you got so many roots, they're not going to move you. And we get that when we're in the house of God. We're stable. We get community. We get accountability. We get maturity. And we get stability. We experience all four of these things when we're planted in the house of the Lord. Sometimes we wonder why we have a lack of fruit in our lives. It's because we're not planted. We wonder why our lives are up and down, up and down, up and down. Tossed to and fro because we're not planted. We wonder, but the answer is planted in the house of the Lord, we shall flourish. Are you hearing what I'm saying today?
I know I've been strong. I know I've been wild, but receive it. It's all to help you. I just don't want to see you guys go down a trail that I've seen a lot of people go down before. And it ends in destruction. It ends in no fruit. It ends in a life saying, like, what happened? What's the matter? Well, you weren't planted in the house of the Lord. So we get community, we get accountability, we get maturity, and we get stability. And let me encourage you, if you're in this church and involved, lean into these things, not away. Say, I want community. I want somebody to keep me accountable. Talk to some people. I want somebody to help me mature. I want somebody to help me be stable. That's somebody who really wants to change and really wants to grow. It's one thing for me to preach it, but you have to personally decide, I'm going to lean into this. I want community. I want accountability. I want maturity. I want stability. I want this in my life because I can't make that decision for you. No matter how hard I preach, how much I sweat like Bishop T.D. Jakes, and if I lose my voice today, I can't make that decision for you. But I want that for you, and more importantly, God wants that for you. That's why he wrote it in his book. Planted in the house, Lord, we shall flourish. Let's read it one more time. We're going to close. Psalm 92. I appreciate you guys coming out today. Psalm 92, 12 through 15 in the New Living says, But the godly will flourish like palm trees and grow strong like the cedars of Lebanon. For they are transplanted to the Lord's own house. And they will flourish in the courts of our God. Even in old age, they will still produce fruit. They will remain vital and green. They will declare, the Lord is just. He is my rock, and there is no evil in him. Did you guys get something today? I appreciate you guys being here. You were good listeners and responders today. I believe this will help you if we're doers of this word. The doers get the results. The doers get the fruit. The doers get what we desire our lives to be. Planted.